Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. It is officially day two of the liberal media meltdown over Donald Trump's interview with uh, George Snuffinophilicus over at at ABC (laughs) News. Uh, Stephanopoulos, I kid. Uh, but the inter- we are in yeah. now day two. We are now 48 hours into the meltdown. Uh, just amazing. It's never going to stop. Yep. These people uh, seek shelter, folks. You are now at a level six. Uh, that's the highest level of TDS infection. The infection is spreading. The Trump derangement syndrome is everywhere. Seek shelter. Go get yourself some potassium iodine to protect you uh, from the uh, from the radiation exposed by the TDS people who've been infected by it. It is uh, really something to behold, <laughs> right? In the group. So, yeah. producer Joe, how are you today? It's Friday, and so I'm doing great. Got to get like that in there. Everybody should be on a Friday. Working hard all week. Yeah, we always love Fridays. Again, I will be in, folks, for Fox and Friends, guest hosting the show on Monday and Tuesday. So please, uh, it's my first time guest hosting Fox and Friends. We'll see how it goes. It's live TV, but you got to tune in both Monday and Tuesday. I always appreciate (laughs) it. Whenever we're on, it's you all that make the shows number one in their time block. So I really appreciate your support. Thank you very much. All right. I got a lot to get to. I want to cover some of this, again, the media fallout from Trump's interview. And when I say fallout, I just mean, you know, fabricated fantasy fairy tales about a, a controversy that's not there. Um, and I also want to make an analogy to something I saw last night that I thought was really interesting and why Trump is such a threat to these people. Hmm. All right. Today's show brought to you by buddies at My Patriot Supply. We haven't heard from them in a while. We've seen many devastating disasters recently. Too much of our nation's farmland remains underwater. Crops not planted, crops destroyed, and storms continue to rake the heartland, knocking out power to millions. Listen, the worst time to prepare is during an emergency. Why? Because there's no food left. You go to run to the store, the food is out, everybody cleaned out the Walmart shelves, the public shelves, whatever it may be. It happens down here during hurricane season in Florida all the time. When emergencies strike and the power goes out, closing stores, you need a backup food supply in your home. You ensure everything in your lives that matters. Think about it, right? You ensure your house, you ensure your health, you ensure your teeth. How can you not ensure your food supply? It's crazy. This is a quick act of security. Create that food security plan for your house. Uh, have you seen the new one-week food supply in an ammo can for My Patriot Supply? It's pretty cool. If not, get online and check it out now. This week only, this one week, one week emergency food kit. You need at least one week. It's 50% off when you go to the website preparewithdan.com. That's preparewithdan.com. Breakfasts, lunches, dinners. Lasts up to 25 years, sealed tight in a water-resistant ammo can. How cool is that? It's a great new product for My Patriot Supply. When it's breaking news, it's too late to prepare. Do it now so there are no surprises. Get 50% off. Get your food kit at and in the ammo can at preparewithdan.com. That's preparewithdan.com. Preparewithdan.com. All right, let's go. Here we go. I got an email yesterday from a listener who says my uh-huh. hand gestures are not coordinated with the bell. It's, you know, it's well, three dings and I do four or two. Yeah. Uh, okay. Sorry. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> That's, what I, and, uh, That's all hey, we have to think about. <laughs> I know. I was like, all right, well, I open up okay. my email, and if that's the feedback you choose right. to make, I'm I'm good with it. So last night, uh, Joe, I was watching <laughs> one of my favorite movies, uh, Moneyball. It is a true story. Um, roll with me for a second. I think, I think you'll get this. I, didn't I was see watching it, it with ahead. my wife, yeah. and it's a baseball movie. It's about yeah. Billy Bean. Billy Bean, who was a general manager for the Oakland Athletics, a small market team with a small budget. 
who changed the game of baseball forever. I don't know Billy Bean's politics. Frankly, I don't care. I know Hollywood's politics. But it's amazing how this movie Moneyball, even unintended, because it was made a long time ago, really speaks, especially in the end, to what's going on with the Trump generation. Let me explain right now in this Trump revolution we have right now. Mm Mm-hmm. Billy Beam was the general manager for the Oakland A's. And we're a small market team with a roughly $30 million budget. Now, you may say, well, that's a lot of money. It's not in baseball. Um, the Yankees, who I grew up with, their budget was $100-plus million pretty much every year, three and four times in mm-hmm. some cases uh, what the A's had. So for a small market team like that, it's hard for you to spend on quality players. So Billy Bean comes in as the GM, and a, a, a year after a very successful baseball season they had, they lost all their key players, Giambi, Jason Isringhausen, uh, Pena. They lost all of their, well, not all of them, but a lot of their good players. So the, the owner of the team says to the GM, listen, you got to do something with almost no money to do it with, and you got to make the team successful. The bottom line is Billy Bean goes to his scouts, and these scouts are doing everything old school. Well, let's go this guy, that guy, this guy. And Billy Bean looks at him, he's like, do you guys have like any data for this? And the scouts, who for years, baseball scouts who go and watch talent, mm-hmm. are watching these people. And they're like, well, this guy's got a good arm. This guy's, he's like, yeah, I need data. So he finds this guy and they, in, they invest fully in this system called Sabermetrics. Sabermetrics was, this is a fascinating story. And there's a book on it too, which I can't encourage you in strong enough terms to read. One of my best secret service friends adores this book. He's a brilliant guy. Brilliant guy. This guy's Steve. This is one of his favorite books. Sabermetrics was this system where this these statistic, uh, statistical, excuse me, analysts would look at these various numbers and by calculating statistics would determine the value of a player to a team. Hmm. In other words, forget what the scouts say, Joe. Scouts, right. This guy's got a good arm. This guy's got a good This guy's great. Why is he great? Because he's great. We see. I'm not diminishing scouts, by the way. They do a great job. Some of them are super talented. I'm, I'm obviously, in, for, in the interest of time, I have to distill the story down to some talking points right. here. But what the scouts did was largely subjective. What the data people did is they started crunching statistics to determine the player's value. Ladies and gentlemen, this made Billy Bean a pariah. A pariah in baseball. But why? Why did it make him a pariah? Mm. With a team financed on a minuscule $30 million budget in the 2002 season where they implemented Sabermetrics, Billy Bean's team made it all the way to the playoffs and had the longest winning streak in Major League Baseball history, 20 games. Why was he such a pariah? Well, there's a scene at the end where he meets with the owner of the Red Sox. They, you know, season's over. They lost in the playoffs, unfortunately, the A's. Mm-hmm. Um, but John Henry, the owner of the Red Sox, tries to recruit Billy Bean to come over. And he says something to Billy Bean. I want you to remember. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry if you don't like baseball, but this is a really important point here. He looks Billy Bean in the face and he says, listen, do you understand what you're doing is a threat to the livelihood of this entire operation? In other words, yeah. all of these scouts and general managers and all of these people who had invested their entire lives in a system of, well, let's just go watch them and get a talented scout to say if he's good or bad and grade him on a five, you know, a 50-point scale or whatever mm-hmm. it may be. Billy Bean broke that whole system. He broke the whole system by challenging a lot of these scouts and saying, I want to see data on base percentage, uh, different statistics we haven't looked at before. 
diminish the value of certain things like the bunt or the stolen base, whatever it may be. Things they, you know, well, home runs, do they really matter or does Mm -hmm. this matter? It changed everything. Everything. Theo Epstein later used the system for the Boston Red Sox to win the World Series for the first time since the Bambino, the curse of the Bambino. Ladies and gentlemen, the Trump revolution is a very, very similar similar scenario working out now. Again, I, I'm not deifying Trump. I, I'm not, I don't do golden calf worship here. He is He's a flawed human being like all of us are. He's no different. That he's, he's made of the same DNA code you are. But what he's done is an existential threat to the livelihoods of thousands and thousands, if not tens or hundreds of thousands of people who are fully invested in government lobbying, ever-expanding mm-hmm. government, influencing politicians looking to be influenced who need their support. This guy genuinely doesn't care. He will flip on a dime with you if you cross something he's doing that he thinks is right. Right. I don't mean flip on a dime in a bad way. I mean that in the past, politicians could be bribed. Could be bribed. Hey, listen, you know, in the next election... You know how this is going to go down, and I need your support, and you're going to give me your support, and I'm going to give you my precinct captain and these guys, and we'll mm-hmm. do a fundraiser. I'm not saying Trump's on human. That stuff doesn't matter, but it doesn't matter to him nearly to the degree it has mattered in the past to other politicians. He is a threat to the livelihood of people who have invested their entire lives. Jobs have been promised, Joe. Kids' jobs have been promised. Mm-hmm. Aunts and uncles, wives, livelihoods, companies who've invested their yeah. entire business model in influencing government people, and this guy's just not influenceable like the other generations of politicians are. Folks, again, I'm not a Hollywood guy. I I don't even care about Billy Bean's politics, whatever they may be. But if you watch that movie or read the book, you cannot come away with the feeling, if you understand the current political climate, that what happened in baseball with the sabermetrics revolution is the exact same thing right now happening in government. And it is driving all of the people invested in the old model whose livelihoods depended on it. It is driving them absolutely Mad. Dan, just think what what Trump does to the power of incumbency. I mean, you don't know. You don't know what you could promise your, you know, voters. No. You know what I'm saying? Because the guy is strategically and tactically entirely unpredictable. He can't be bought in the long run. Yeah. He doesn't play the game like that. He never has. Mm. He doesn't need your money. He doesn't need your fame. He doesn't need a... You know, a contributor spot on a mm-hmm. network. He doesn't need it. Man. Jim Clapper needed that. Yeah. Jim Clapper, the NSC, he needed to be on TV afterwards to stay relevant, make money. Huh. So conveniently, what happens? You know, Jim Clapper leaks information to people in the media. Oh, all of a sudden, look at him. He's got a media spot in the same outlet. Never thought He doesn't of it need that any way. of this. Yeah. This is it, generations of, of insider swamp rat bureaucrats have invested themselves. This is their livelihood. This is all they have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is not Paula, what Paula and I, all we have. We right. I, This is my now, what, third or fourth career? We've already done stuff. We've been around. Hmm. There are other options for us if this never worked out. There always were. We're very entrepreneurial. Not the people in D.C. All huh. right. I just really, I can't encourage yeah, you strongly cool, enough to read a book, that watch the movie. You will come away from it at the end yeah. and you will say, that is it. 
This is a threat to everybody's livelihood right now. It's very interesting. Yeah. All right, getting back to what happened yesterday, yeah. the the liberal media is just melting down now. In one of the um, one of the funniest meltdowns I've seen. I mean, just downright knee slapping, hysterical. The absolute <laughs> lunatics at Media Matters. A totally discredited group of conspiracy theorists who listen to the show. So welcome. They monitor our show every day. Um, Media Matters, which is a clown show. They were covered in, in this piece in the Daily <laughs> Caller. Their response to this yesterday by Scott Moorfield. Daily Caller. A headline, Media Matters Defends Democratic Foreign Oppo Research. <laughs> because oh. they paid for it after condemning Trump's comments. So let me get this straight now. Again, Media Matters, liberal lunatics over there. Uh. Getting information from foreign governments. Very bad. <laughs> yeah. Very bad. This is a bad thing. But as long as Hillary pays for bad, so as long as we enrich Joe, foreign <laughs> governments trying to, then it's good. Yeah, two thumbs up, fellas. Yeah, excellent. But I mean, this is me. This is the, the biggest lunatic site. How people, and I'm not suggesting anybody does because I don't know anybody who actually takes media matters seriously. But I'm sure there's a small population of, of s'mores roasting basement porn watchers who take media matters seriously. <laughs> How do you take these absolute lunatics seriously? Here's from the piece in Media Matters. Just to be clear here. He says, but the article then accuses conservative media of attacking Clinton and drawing a false equivalence with the Steele dossier. It drew a distinction between the two, citing a former FEC chief counsel who told the Washington Post that the, dis the difference essentially lies in whether the exchange is considered a campaign contribution or a commercial transaction. Oh, oh okay. All okay, right. so let's just distill this down to the stupid. How stupid you have to be to fall into the media matters trap. My sincere apologies for having to nail these people two days in a row. But the stupidity, I got some video coming up too. The stupidity of the response to the left getting called out on the fact that they said something that indicts their own person is amazing. In other words, after the uh, Stephanopoulos <laughs> Trump interview, their whole line of attack was, Trump is a traitor. He's this is treasonous. Yeah. He he is he has accepted foreign uh, government information about his opponents. By the way, completely not true. And then when conservatives turned around and said, "Well, Hillary actually solicited information from Russians yeah. her, through her team, through Syrians, and paid for it," they said, "No, no, no, no. As long as you pay for it, <laughs> it is a okay." Two thumbs up, which is comical. It is comical. Now, who wrote this lunatic piece? I don't like to bring too many personal gripes to this show, but this guy is so silly and such a wackadoodle that I had to, just so you know how, how the, the IQ levels we're talking about here. Okay. The guy who wrote that Media Matters piece that was covered in the Daily Caller uh -huh. is this guy, Bobby Lewis, who, oh, oh, look, Bobby Lewis, at <laughs> Rev RR Lewis on Twitter with his paltry 11,000 followers, probably Russian bots. He blocked me, Bobby Lewis. Now, this goes to show you what a snowflake Bobby Lewis is. Now, I block a lot of people because yeah. I just don't like a lot of people on Twitter and their dopey insults. But Bobby Lewis, understand, you may say, what's the difference if Bobby blocked you? Bobby Lewis gets paid by Media Matters. He wrote the piece. His only job, folks, his only job is to watch Fox and Friends and insult the people on the show, <laughs> primarily me because I do a lot of Fox uh -huh. and Friends. Hits. That's his only job. His only job is to follow me and attack me. And he blocked me because he couldn't take it because I was actually using his clips from Fox and Friends for promotional material. This is how you fight back against these lunatics. Uh -huh. 
Bobby Lewis writes his This guy sold his soul to the devil so long ago that I wonder how he looks himself in the mirror in the morning. Getting foreign information from governments is bad. But if you pay them and enrich them for it, then it's good. Oh, okay. Now, enough with them, because Media Matters is really sincerely a joke. And I bring them up once in only as comic relief, especially on a Friday. But you had more semi-serious commentators hmm. try to defend. And, you, you know, you saw them like doing verbal jujitsu, twisting themselves into hmm. pretzels, trying to defend how attacking Trump for not getting information from foreign governments, but saying he would listen mm -hmm. is bad. But while Hillary actually paid foreign governments for information, how that's no problem. Here is the ever ridiculous Matt Miller, another sycophantic uh, Democratic liberal activist masquerading as a talking head commentator on MSNBC, trying to again justify how Hillary Clinton paying foreigners and enriching them for negative information isn't a problem, but Trump actually suggesting that listening to them is. It is legal under United States law for a campaign to hire a foreign individual, to hire someone, to pay them, to go out and conduct research or to do other things for you. Campaigns do that from time to time. That's what, what the DNC did. It is illegal to accept help from a foreigner, and especially so, and it's more you know, even more inappropriate if that help is coming from a foreigner working on on behalf of a foreign government, which of course is the meeting that Donald Trump Jr. took. When, when he says it's a hypothetical, it's not a hypothetical that the president was discussing last night. The question was about the meeting that his son took after being told it was on behalf of the, the, the Russian government. And with respect to his comments about Adam Schiff, look, Adam Schiff in, 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 in uh, you know, uh, accepting information from a foreign individual was it wasn't in a campaign conduct text it was in the context of conduct, conducting an investigation where of course you seek information from anyone can, that can give it to you that's very different than in a campaign context when you're trying to get someone elected to office okay this is seriously i kid you not i try to avoid using his video that was uh msnbc by the way mm -hmm. i try to avoid using matthew miller's videos because they're always so dumb that I feel like you may need neuroprotective compounds after watching because nothing he says is true. Now, the problem I have with Miller is there's only two explanations for what he just said, and only two. There's no option three. There's no option C. There's no none or all of the above. Either Miller is sincerely ignorant and knows nothing about the case and the background on it at all, or he does, and he's using a platform at Conspiracy TV MSNBC to advance a false narrative, hoping his lies won't be detected. What he said is so easily refutable that anyone with a 101 level knowledge of what happened in the Spygate case can knock it down. He tries to make a series of points here. The first one is so ridiculous, I just hit it, I'm not going to hit it again. That somehow paying for it, enriching foreign governments to attack our democracy is okay. Ladies and gentlemen, if you believe that, like Bobby Lewis does and other left, they don't really believe it. They're just lunatics, folks. But if you believe that, you have your own issues you need to deal with. You may need to put your hand over your heart and see what that Pledge of Allegiance means to you, okay? I, I'm done with that. Mm -hmm. Because that point is so stupid that Miller disgraced himself by even bringing it up. Lewis can't disgrace him, so he's already a disgrace. He's been a disgrace forever. You can't disgrace yourself again. You can't double disgrace yourself. But Miller thinks he's a serious guy. But Miller says something interesting. He references the Trump Tower meeting, where he says, well, you can't take this information for free. 
especially with people show up for the Trump Tower meeting connected to the Russian government. Okay, two points why this guy is obviously lying to you. He's a fraud. Number one, there was no information exchanged at the Trump Tower meeting with Don Jr. that was worth anything at all. They actually left the meeting early. Don Jr., Paul Manafort, and others in the meeting, Jared Kushner, had people text them because this meeting with these Russian-connected individuals was not about Hillary Clinton. They may have thought it was. Bad idea, folks. Point stipulated. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Bad decisions are made all the time. But Joe, follow me as the audience on Budsman. I need you here. Miller's saying, well, if you exchange information of value about a candidate and you don't pay them, this is illegal. There was no information exchanged about this candidate, Hillary Clinton. None. Mm -hmm. Zero. Goose egg. He is lying. No one has alleged any information has has been explained. Mueller has not said that. Don Jr. has not said that. Nobody in the meeting has contradicted the now widely known context of the meeting, which is when they got in the room, these Russian-connected individuals... The meeting was not about Hillary. They started talking about Magnitsky, the Magnitsky Act, Mm -hmm. and Russian adoptions. Right. Nobody has disputed that. No. Now, Miller is lying to you by suggesting that somehow they exchanged information of value that if Trump would have paid for it, it would have been okay because Hillary did it. He is a liar or he's really, really dumb. There's no option three, folks. Secondly... He makes the bizarre assertion that, well, when you're meeting with people connected to the Russian government, ladies and gentlemen, these people were connected to the Hillary Clinton team for the 1,142nd time on this show. This is not in dispute. The Russian lawyer that showed up for the Trump Tower meeting, Veselnitskaya, was working with the company, Fusion GPS, hired by Hillary. Mm -hmm. They coordinated the meeting. They met with this Russian lawyer before and after the meeting. It was Mm -hmm. a setup. Has Matt Miller not thought this through? He's too stupid to have thought this through. Or if he has, he's the worst gaslighter around. So you're saying on one hand, the Trump Tower meeting is awful because Russians showed up with connections to the Russian government. What about their connections to the Hillary team? They were working with the team hired by Hillary and met with them before and after me. No, no, that's not a concern. These people are total frauds. The Russian lawyer that showed up, do you understand, met with Glenn Simpson from Fusion GPS before and after the meeting? It was a setup. None of this is in dispute. No one's denied this. No. This guy is a total, just take the L, he's a total fraud. I, I see, I'm serious when I say I see his cuts a lot and they're so ridiculous. I generally avoid putting them on the show. But this was the 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 theme of yesterday's commentary on the Trump team. They realized that Trump put them in a bind. I don't think it was 4D chess or anything. I mm. think Trump just worded it a little different. And it, by the way, during his Fox and Friends interview this morning, mm-hmm. Trump cleared a lot of that up by saying, listen, I would have to listen to these foreign officials because how am I going to know it's negative information unless they tell me what it is, which was kind of common sense. And it was clear. And if you listen to yesterday's show, I clear that up, that that's what Trump was trying to get at. But this was the spin yesterday. They realized Trump put them in a bind because Hillary actually paid foreigners 
to pay foreign Russian-connected people for negative information. Paid them. And now they're in a bind, and they're trying to dig themselves out. So you have a long-disgraced Bobby Lewis and uh, or newly-disgraced Matthew Miller throwing their reputations on the funeral pyre by suggesting, no, no, talking with foreign governments is okay as long as you pay them. Now, another, again, long-disgraced, I mean embarrassment to the federal government, a total, complete, humiliating embarrassment to everyone who's ever wore the badge in their life. This complete clown show, Andy McCabe, former discredited, disgraced deputy director, and then at one point acting director of the FBI, and a historical stain on this country whose legacy will be a series of summary notes to incoming FBI agents about what not to do in your career. You think that was harsh enough for this joker? Hmm. This total clown show appeared on Chris Cuomo's show on CNN yesterday. Listen to this lunatic after engaging and marshalling the biggest spying scandal in United States history using his FBI assets. Listen to this lunatic and his defense of why Hillary was A-OK, but why Donald Trump not taking information from Russians was really bad. Andrew, there is a big division between what the president and his people want the message to be on this. The president says it's okay to take information. Rudy Giuliani says it's okay to take information from the Russians. Jared Kushner says, I don't know if I got solicited again for information from the Russians, whether I would tell the FBI. What is the line for you and why do you believe they deal with it this way? Chris, the line for me, the line for investigators in the FBI, the line for experienced people in politics, campaign after campaign after campaign, the line is very clear. It is not acceptable to take anything from a foreign power, certainly not a hostile foreign power, certainly not the government of Russia. The reason we have such clear lines about this uh, sort of activity is because of the importance of keeping foreign influence out of our elections. So when the president gets on television last night and tells the world that he thinks it's perfectly fine to sit down with foreign agents, to sit down with representatives, possibly even from Russia, to hear what they have to say and to receive what they are offering is just absolutely wrong. The president and his supporters are wrong about that. Oh, my gosh. Can you believe this absolute lunatic? This guy is, is Andy, you are, you are referred for criminal investigation. Just shut up. Seriously. Quiet down. Soup cooler? Close it. Do you realize you just entirely indicted the Hillary Clinton campaign? Nothing he said there applies to Russia. I'm not going to rewind the tape, but you Mm -hmm. heard what he said. Yeah. He said, here's the line. You cannot accept anything from anything, his words, that would influence our election. You can't accept anything. They didn't. There has been no collusion conspiracy with the Trump campaign. There's no evidence for that at all. Bob Mueller's own report, who hates Donald Trump, by the way, said so. So if you can't accept anything... Why do we have the the famous Trubnikov note to Kavalek? He's indicting the Hillary team. He thinks he's attacking Donald Trump. He is not. 
He's attacking Hillary Clinton, and he's too stupid to realize it. Andy McCabe cannot get past the fact that Christopher Steele, their beloved FBI source who created a series of false documents and information to spy on Donald Trump in the biggest spying scandal in U.S. history, told the State Department's Kathleen Kavalek in her own notes, as you can see on this YouTube go. screen now, that his sources were Trubnikov and Surkov, a Russian intel officer of Yakoslav Trubnikov, and Vladislav Surkov, a Russian disinformation specialist. He... Andy McCabe's paid FBI informant. Do you want, folks, am, am I, oh my gosh, I cannot get over the gall, the nerve on these people. Andy McCabe, hack discredited lunatic, paid Christopher Steele, who clearly told the U.S. State Department that his sources were Russian intel disinformation people. He just said you can't take anything from Russians. It is. I am extra salty today on Friday because I watched this all day yesterday. I watched Juan Williams on the five yeah. scramble as Jesse Waters called him out on this exact same thing. And Juan could not find a coherent answer. They can't. They cannot explain. I'm going to move on. But they cannot explain how Trump saying he would listen to information and maybe turn it over to the FBI if something was wrong is evil while Hillary Clinton paid foreigners to get information from Russians connected to Putin. Why those things they cannot explain why Trump is wrong, but Hillary gets up. They can't. Oh, it's about payments. And Andy McCabe, we shouldn't accept anything. Clowns. Total Bozo the Clown show yesterday. All right. I got some other uh, killer video. This one's a little longer. I'll get to it in a second. But we've used this before. We yeah. wanted to use it yesterday a little behind the scenes. You know, I like to break down the, uh, the the mysterious wall between us here, kind of like in a Deadpool manner, you know, for those of you who read the comic books. Um, but yesterday, the video was so long, we couldn't download it. It was like two minutes and 20 seconds. It is so worth your time, though. It, it is. I'll get to that in a second. Don't go anywhere. This is a good one. All right. Today's show brought to you by our buddies at Simply Safe. Listen, a recent Gallup survey shows Americans worry more about burglary than almost any other crime. Why wouldn't you? You don't want somebody in your house violating your personal space. More than, uh, more than mugging, more than car theft, even murder. According to studies, just over 10% of break-ins are planned beforehand. The rest are spur of the moment. They see an open door. They see what they think could be an open door with a screwdriver. Crimes of opportunity, they're random. Most break-ins happen between 6 a.m. and 6 p.m., not at night. A lot of people don't know that. In the middle of the day, they happen. According to the FBI, the average loss is over $2,000. That can be hard to recover from. There are over 2 million burglaries reported every year. That's one every 30 seconds. And what's crazy here? Me, especially being from law enforcement, only one in five homes have home security. That's nuts. Most companies don't make it easy. That's why Simply Safe is my top choice. It's what we use in my house here in the Bongino house. We use it in the new house too. Simply Safe protects your whole home, every window, room, and door with 24 7 monitoring for just a fraction of the cost. It's super easy to install. We did it here, lickety split. Their police dispatch is up to 3.5 times faster because they use video verification. There's no contract, hidden fees. They don't need a contract. 
because it's that good. Or fine prints designed to blend right into your home. No wires, no drilling. Don't worry, but you don't have to be Bob Vila to get it in there. It's easy to order, easy to set up, usually in under an hour. Simply Safe has won a ton of awards from CNET to the New York Times wire cutter uh, and wire cutter. Prices are always fair and honest. Around the clock monitoring is just $15 a month. Visit Simply Safe. That's simply with an I. SimplySafe.com slash Dan Bongino. You'll get free shipping and a 60 day risk free trial. You got nothing to lose. Go now. Be sure you go to Simply Safe. S-I-M-P-L-I-S-A-F, simplysafe.com slash Dan Bongino, so they know our show sent you. That's simplysafe.com slash Dan Bongino. Thanks for supporting our sponsors. We appreciate it. Okay, moving on. This is some footage we've used for on the show uh, repeatedly in the past, but uh, regarding the hearings that went on on Capitol Hill, Congresswoman Elise Stefanik from New York, a long time ago, back in March of 2017, I believe, had Director Comey, former Director Comey, now discredited uh, Director Jim Comey of the FBI, up on Capitol Hill. Mm -hmm. It was a very important piece of questioning. And we've used this on the show before. Some of you may be new viewers, though. And Elise Stefanik asked Director Comey, why did you not notify Congress about the existence of the investigation to the Trump team. Comey's answer is stunning. Uh, you'll yeah. see this in a second. We're going to yeah. cut them back. For, by the way, this is hat tip Elise Stefanik's Twitter feed where we got this video from her. Um, Comey opens the investigation into Donald Trump. They open it right around uh, the, the FISA warrant in October or so. It's, and, and the, the case is actually open July 31st, but the FISA starts in October. Comey doesn't notify Congress until the following year. You may say, well, what's the problem? Well, the problem is he's supposed to notify Congress about sensitive investigations every three months. He hides the existence of the Trump investigation for eight months, ladies and gentlemen. Hides it. He's acknowledged this on the public record. We'll play the video for you in a second. But watch sleazeball Adam Schiff try to call out, so you understand the context of the video I'm about to play, try to call out Elise Stefanik and tell her, no, 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 we knew about the investigation. Comey told us. He didn't tell them. It's already on the record. I will play you the tape. But watch this sleazy, slimy liar, Adam Schiff, insist that Comey did brief Congress when Comey himself admits he didn't. This video is about two minutes, but it's definitely worth your time. Listen up. Check this out. It was clear in the open hearing that Director Comey testified that he chose not to brief the Gang of Eight on the opening of the counterintelligence investigations. This has been widely reported. This was an open hearing, and we've worked across the aisle on language to be included in the Intel Authorization Act to ensure that any counterintelligence investigation in a presidential campaign is briefed. So I hope you would agree, based upon the testimony of Director Comey, that he circumvented the process. And in our oversight capacity, I agree with you. We need to have an update to make sure that they're following those procedures. But I think we need to strengthen um, not just the, the typical way of doing things, but put it in law so that they are required to brief us. Mr. Vanek, I would only say that uh, that was not his testimony, um, that the first time that he was briefing the counterintelligence investigation uh, to us was uh, contemporaneous with his disclosing it to the public. I did not say that in my statement. Will the gentleman yield? I said yes. days before. So and, in and, March and, of 2017. And the, and the representative is not accurate, and, and, but I cannot go into 
the timeline, but I, ca I can't say that that's not accurate. I hope the members of the public would go back to Director Comey's testimony and follow the facts and, and just look at his direct testimony to this committee, which stated that he did not follow the proper protocols and procedures of briefing congressional leadership on the opening of the counterintelligence investigation. And I yield back. If the open investigation began in July and the briefing of congressional leadership only occurred recently, why was there no notification prior to the recent, the past month? I think our decision was it was a matter of such sensitivity that we wouldn't include it in the quarterly briefings. So when you state our decision, uh, is that your decision? Is that usually your decision what gets briefed uh, in those quarterly updates? No, it's usually the decision of the head of our counterintelligence division. And just, uh, again, to get the detailed uh, on the record, why was the decision made not to brief uh, senior congressional leadership until recently, when the investigation had been open since July, um, a very serious investigation? Why was that decision made to wait months? Because of the sensitivity of the matter. Oh. Now, for those of you watching, you'll notice there was a break. For those uh -huh. of you listening, that audio break was Elise Stefanik's video where she puts in there that Okay, here's his actual testimony, Jim Comey, from March of 2017. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a clear, unadulterated, 100% falsehood by Adam Schiff. Yep. No, no, Jim Comey did brief us. You just heard him say he didn't brief them because of the sensitivity of the matter. Huh. I play that for a very important reason. You are being lied to. You are being lied to by a cabal of out of their minds, completely lost, non-democratic, allegedly Democrat party, because they're not, Dem I don't know what party they belong to now, but it certainly has nothing to do with democracy. Adam Schiff, Pelosi, Eric Swalwell, these are liars. These are discredited liar propagandists who are doing very dangerous things. Adam Schiff just told a lie so obvious to anybody that you can watch. Go to the YouTube.com slash Bongino. Just watch it because on video, it's even more powerful. Oh, yeah. Mm. Adam Schiff. Yes, we. Uh, Jim Comey did tell us he briefed us. He, he just said he didn't brief you. Why is he trying to do Because Adam Schiff wants to provide cover for Comey. Comey, who's a discredited, completely discredited anti-Trump hack now, taking pictures of himself in the forest. Ah, look at the trees. Look at the sky. Look at the ocean. I don't know what's going on with Jim Comey. I, I'm Seriously, someone needs to stage an intervention. But Adam Schiff, understand what he's doing. People hate the idea that the government keeps secrets in order to attack political opponents. They hate it. That's what Comey did. He did not brief Congress about the existence of the Trump investigation because it was a farce. And he had to hide it for eight months, hoping some negative information about Trump turned up so he could justify it. When it didn't, he was forced eight months later to brief Congress. Forced. Mm. He had mm -hmm. to because he couldn't hide it any longer. Schiff knows that looks really bad. So he just blatantly lies to Congresswoman Stefanik. No, no, he briefed us. And she seems, did you see her oh, face? She seems so genuinely what? astonished. Say like what? even for, yeah. right, right? Yeah. For sleazy oh. Adam Schiff, she's looking around like, you can't be serious, dude. Yeah, it's worth it's it just to see her. It's on the record. Yeah. 
It is. It is worth it, it is. just to play the video of her face. She seems genuinely astonished that even the sleaziest of sleazeballs, Adam yeah. Schiff, would lie about something so easily refutable. Yeah. That's who they are, folks. It's always been who they are. Okay, I'm moving on. Um, here's a quick story I picked up in the Daily Signal. Be in the show notes today. It's a rather good one. Encourage you to check it out. Hmm. Defeats the entire Bernie Sanders socialist narrative uh, that we should be moving towards a more single-payer healthcare direction because, in fact, single-payer healthcare is how Scandinavians and the Europeans do it, and it's just so successful. Uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, that is not, in fact, what's happening, as the Daily Signal reports today. Uh, actually, Scandinavian countries and Nordic countries are moving towards Private health care by Kevin Pham in the yeah. Daily Signal. Read the article. It's short. But here's an interesting little uh, piece from this Daily Signal piece about how Scandinavian countries, the private uh, free market health care is growing, not shrinking. I don't understand. How is that? If we're trying to emulate this model, right, about how wonderful government controlled health care is, then why is it that countries over there, Nordic countries, are expanding their free market health care presence? The answer is... Because their government-run systems are failing from the peace. Between 2006 and 2016, the portion of the population covered by private insurance increased by 4% in Sweden, 7% in Norway, and 22% in Denmark. Denmark? I thought these were examples of free market, uh, excuse me, socialist healthcare utopia. If that's the case, ladies and gentlemen, why are these countries that are already paying ridiculous tax burdens, upwards of 50% of their income, the citizens of, of Denmark, Norway, and Sweden that pay absurd tax burdens, Ouch. why are they paying for a product twice if the government-run health care is so great? Stew on that for a minute. Many thousands of people will die. <laughs> Play it again, Sam. Many thousands of people will die. Because that's what Bernie wants you to believe. There you go. If you don't do your government-run health care, many thousands of people will die. Many thousands will die. That's just, <laughs> Folks, I'm asking you to think about this logically. Uh-huh. Now, I know the conservatives, libertarians, Republicans, and moderate Democrats in the audience get this. But I'm asking the liberals who listen, who send me hate email, to answer this question. Send me the answer. You have my emails on the website. We read it. If your tax burden in these Nordic countries is upwards of 50% of your income, you're already paying for your health care through tax, your enormous taxes. Why would 22% growth be occurring in Denmark for people choosing to pay again for private insurance? I thought government health care was the answer. Why would people pay twice? Why would upwards of 40,000 Canadians a year cross the northern border in the United States to pay for health care in the United States, despite the fact that they get it for, air quotes, free in Canada? Why? The answer is because it's not free. It's garbage rationed care. That's why. Now, you want to know why this is happening? I missed this yesterday. Forgive me. I want to show you an article written by a guy. And when I say why this is happening, I want to be precise. Why Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren are pushing for radical socialism and a government takeover of your wallet, your health care, and your kids' education in this country. I'm going to isolate Bernie Sanders in this case because I think Elizabeth Warren just making a lot of this up. 
I really, I don't believe, I really, I, you may think I'm crazy. I don't believe Elizabeth Warren is stupid. She knows socialism's a disaster. She just wants to get elected and she's power hungry. Ladies and gentlemen, make no mistake though. Bernie Sanders is a believer. He is the most dangerous candidate in this field. He is a diehard golden calf worshiper of a system that has wiped out and snuffed out the lives of hundreds of millions of people. That is socialism. You don't believe me? Put up that article by our friend, uh, and when I say friend, I mean ideological opponent, uh, David Sirota. This guy's kind of out there, by the way. David Sirota once wrote a piece, which <laughs> right now, you, you, you know, you'd cry if you read, you can't believe he actually wrote this, praising Hugo Chavez. Mason, what does this have to do with anything? Oh, we're getting there. David Sirota, who is a far left radical, wrote a piece in Salon.com praising dictator, Venezuelan socialist dictator Hugo Chavez, a country now he drove into the ground in conjunction with Maduro, the current uh, discredited who wants to be a leader. He's not. Uh, you have, they have people eating out of garbage cans, eating squirrels, zoo animals. He's, you know, drove the country into starvation. You can look up the article yourself. It was written in March of 2013. Hugo Chavez's Economic Miracle oh. by David Sirota. Economic miracle. What, eating squirrels? Eating out of garbage trucks? That's your economic miracle? What does David Sirota have to do with Bernie Sanders? Oh, look at this piece. What is this, the Colorado Post or whatever it is? Look at who Bernie Sanders hires as like his speechwriter guy who's going to put together his <laughs> oh, stuff. No. Oh, David Sirota. Oh. Look at this Colorado politics. Uh, Ernest Lunning's article. Bernie Sanders campaign hires David Sirota. Journalist with history of bashing other Democrats, bashing capitalism and freedom and prosperity, too. I might want to throw that in there. Isn't that fascinating? Ladies and gentlemen, a lot of them are frauds. Warren's a fraud. Uh, Mayor Pete, they're frauds. They are. They don't really believe this far left radicals. They don't. That doesn't make them any less dangerous uh, politically if they want to institute this stuff. But I'm convinced they don't actually believe it. Bernie's a believer. Make no mistake. This guy hires the radicals with deep ties to socialism, deadly socialism, and people who defended it. I, I left that out yesterday in my Bernie critique. I'm sorry. It was really important I get that in today. That's the kind of people he hires. All right, we got more. Don't go anywhere. This is important. All right, finally, today's show brought to you by our buddies at GenuCell. Hey, you wish that double chin would just disappear? Newsflash, ladies and gentlemen, people look at your jawline. It tells your age. Here's our famous Robin from Lubbock, Texas. Hey, I put the GenuCell jawline cream on my neck for two or three days. This is the best my neck has looked in 20 years. People told me my face looks young. I am blown away. My mother-in-law loves this stuff. With Chamonix MDL technology, GenuCell's brand new jawline treatment specifically targets the delicate skin on your neck for tight, healthy, younger-looking skin. Nice. You will see your mirror smile back at you or 100% of your money back, no questions asked. Call now, and the classic GenuCell for bags and puffiness is free with your order. Call it to start seeing results in 12 hours or less genucell's immediate effects is included also free no double chin no turkey necks <laughs> no sagging jawlines because no one needs to know your age text young to 77453 or go to genucell.com get your two free gifts and free shipping now text young to 77453 or go to genucell.com that's genucell.com check it out okay uh 
Let's see. Last story. Yeah, fine. This is an important story. So uh, Facebook's gone full 1984 uh, uh, Orwell, Joe. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. The story gets worse, uh, no, believe man. it or not, about Facebook. I have been knocking Facebook for a long time. Breitbart has a really wonderful piece up today. It'll be in the show notes. I strongly encourage you to read again. If you go to Bongino.com, click on you know, the menu at, on the side. It says podcasts. If you click on the podcast, all these articles are attached. If you want me to send them to you, subscribe to my email list. Facebook is all in on contributing to the surveillance state we currently live in now and also to marginalizing figures they ideologically disagree with. This is by Alan Bakari, exclusive Facebook's process to label you, quote, a hate agent revealed. Now, Joe, <sighs> again, not a trick question. When Facebook no. is going to label people now, they have a process apparently for labeling. I'll get to that in a second mm -hmm. for labeling people hate agents. Uh, not a trick question, Joe. Do you believe that these people who are being labeled hate agents are going to be liberals or conservatives? Take a second. I know this well, is tough. Are they going to label conservatives hate agents or yeah. liberals? What do you think? I, 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 I think they're going to be conservative. I, I think. I know. Yeah. I mean, yes. Think, yeah. Oh, very good oh, call. Okay. I oh. know you struggled with that was, one, Joe. But tough. yes, conservatives. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing how you're always right on that stuff. <laughs> Yes, of course it's going to be conservatives. <sighs> Apparently, Facebook has some kind of internal document, according to this reporting here, huh? where they monitor not just your Facebook behavior, but your offline behavior as well. Isn't this great? Hey, from oh. the actual piece. The document, this is apparently some leaked Facebook document titled Hate Agent Policy Review, outlines a series of signals that Facebook uses to determine if someone ought to be characterized as a hate agent and banned from the, banned from the platform. Wow, isn't that nice? Those signals include a wide range of on and off platform behavior. Holy Moses. If you praise the wrong individual, <laughs> interview them. <laughs> or appear at events alongside them, Facebook may categorize you as a hate agent. Ladies and gentlemen, oh. this is absolutely ridiculous. Facebook crossed the line a long time ago. So did Twitter. YouTube demonetized us a couple times this week. Again, just like I said, these are not free speech platforms. They're not interested in free speech. Ladies and gentlemen, I am not a believer in government regulation. But, but... I am also not a believer in government-enforced protection for what is becoming a racket. The Communications Decency Act, Section 230, don't forget this. This is, a, I, a, this is one of the most important points I've made on my show repeatedly. The Communications Decency Act protects Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and a lot of these other Platforms, platforms from being sued, ladies and gentlemen, because they claim platform, not publisher status. This distinction, don't let this escape you. Now, you can be a publisher, number one. A publisher like, say, the New York Times, the Washington Post, the Wall mm -hmm. Street Journal. That is a publisher. They produce content, both news and opinion. If that content proves to be intentionally malicious or defamatory, the Journal, the Washington Post, or the New York Times, because they are a publisher, number one, can be sued. And they have been. Some not successfully, some successfully. They mm -hmm. cannot say Joe Armacost is a space alien looking to take over the Earth if it's intentionally malicious, because they are a publisher. Right. Now, what protects Twitter, Facebook, and others is under this Communications Decency Act, they get platform status. In other words, hey, we're hands off, baby. Mm. Austin Powers style. 
We don't, we don't determine the content. They do. We're just a platform to people to, for people to publish it. You can't sue us for it. Mm. That, that's patently not true. That is absolutely false. And you putting the words hate agent in front of it to make it sound really bad does not make you any less of a publisher. You are clearly segregating content based on your ideological shortcomings because they are they're all liberal over there they have no no conservative presence of any substance at all to making their decisions at the top you are clearly hiding behind this platform status to make editorial publication decisions you are not a platform you're not a platform joe would mm -hmm. allow open access to people who, as long as they're not committing a crime can present their views, and therefore you should be safe. I'm, I'm not arguing then platforms should be exposed to lawsuits. I'm not at all. You, you see the distinction, yeah, Joe, I right? I see where you're That's going. That's not yeah. the argument I'm making. Yeah, right. The argument I'm making is they're not platforms. I, I got you. Yeah. They're not. They are clearly making editorial judgments, yes. hiding behind That's scary it. language. The hate That's agent guy. That's where it happens. While conveniently yeah. labeling everybody who's not liberal who challenges them a hate agent. Man, we got to get rid of the hate. Who's going to argue with that? Yeah, we got to get rid of hate agents. Of course, hate agents. <laughs> that is so like Avengers, like Age of Ultron. Isn't it? <laughs> we got to get Ultron. Get the, he's a hate agent, Ultron. It is, the, the language is so dramatic with these snowflakes. It's unbelievable. A hate agent. Folks, if you're not committing a crime on the platform, making terroristic threats, threatening the president, encouraging people to engage in bank fraud and teaching them how to do it, if you're not engaging in some kind of conspiracy or crime, leave the platform open. Dumb people will go on there and say dumb things. Smart people will ignore it or refute it. The key to free speech you don't like is more free speech to counteract the free speech you don't like. Not to duct tape their mouth shut. It is time that Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and these other platforms either acknowledge their publishers and expose themselves to the liability component or act as the platforms they claim to be. You can't have it both ways anymore. You do not get to be a government-protected racket. I know a lot of you don't like my position. You want me to, which is fine. I respect. I'm not here to, you know, to, 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 to lie to you. I'm here to give you my honest opinion, and I appreciate the feedback. And I appreciate a lot of the feedback I got. But I do not agree that the government should be involved in, in breaking these companies up and regulating them. I think it's a huge mistake. Because when liberals get back in power, they're going to be aligned with these government folks, and you're going to have hate agent lists everywhere, and they're going to be protected by the government. It's the wrong approach, ladies and gentlemen. All right, one more uh, just quick follow-up. I didn't want to go on for too long on yesterday's media fallout, but I did neglect to leave something out. I have a little box on the side of my show here. Some <laughs> Check this out. <laughs> Can you see that at all? Like, you probably uh, can't glare, see it. The yeah. light. I put little boxes on the side. Sometimes there's stuff I really want to get out, and uh, if I if I don't put it on the side, I'll forget. It's finally starting to catch on. I'll be on Jesse Waters' show this weekend on Saturday. I encourage you to tune in on Fox. I'll also be on Tucker's show uh, tonight doing my news explosion at the end, which is really <laughs> kind of blown up 
pun intended, and guest hosting Fox and Friends Monday and Tuesday, so please watch. It's a lot, but some of you asked me to put it out there. But one of the points I plan on making this weekend on the show, which I made here yesterday, and I want it to be a takeaway for you, is again, I'm just asking liberals and their media folks, if you're intellectually honest, which you're not, to have a moment of moral consistency. You're suggesting again that information passed from foreign officials is bad, but then you're suggesting it's not bad if they pay for it. But then you're suggesting that Trump should contact the FBI when he gets information that's suspect, which is what he said he would do, by the way. He said that in the interview. But remember this point. I think we're the only ones who made it. I didn't see it anywhere else in the talking hemisphere yesterday. When Trump did get information and his team from a foreign government that was suspect about Joe Biden's kid involved in extremely shady business deals in both China and Ukraine. I plan on making this point on Waters show as well. And they did pass the information to the FBI like the Democrats said he should. Mm -hmm. It was the Democrats and the New York Times, their allies over there, that jumped on Trump for weaponizing the government. Ladies and gentlemen, you simply can't have it both ways. You can't. Either we're supposed to contact the FBI or we're not. You can't have it both ways. All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in. I really appreciate it. It's been another great week of shows. We knocked it out of the park. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Bongino, even though they demonetize us. It helps us get the message out. Uh, you know, I, I don't mind using their platform to get a conservative message out at all. Uh, also, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. You can subscribe to us if you have an Android device on iHeart and SoundCloud as well. I really appreciate your listenership. It means the world to me. Thanks a lot. I'll see you all on Monday. Good day, sir. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud and follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.